0: China podcast where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your
1: hosts, Holly and Nora. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. This is episode 129 of the Two White Chicks in China podcast. Thanks for listening again. And thank you to everyone who has left us a review. Those reviews help other people find us because Apple Podcast pushes us up. If Uh, you haven't done so
0: already, you can leave us a review there and like Holly said it's really going to help other people to find us. So if you think the show will be useful please leave us a review. I know it's kind of obnoxious but it really does help.
1: We really appreciate it. And we also appreciate all of our patrons on patreon.com We have set up a page on there where if you can support us you can leave us small donations that will help us improve the quality of the podcast in the future and also once we achieve our very small and achievable goal we intend to make some videos that will be for our patreon supporters top secret yeah (laughs) it's so secret we don't even know about it
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you to those who are already doing that we really appreciate everything and we will continue to make free content but your support will help us create even more stuff that will be useful and hopefully insightful for people interested in life in china Mm mm-hmm Speaking of life in China, I just want to talk about turtles. (laughs) These are teenage mutant-eaten turtles. (laughs) There are two flight attendants from a Chinese airline that were recently fined $11,000 for smuggling turtles from the U.S., attempting to smuggle turtles from the U.S. back to China. That's certainly not where I thought that story was going to (laughs) start, but... I'm listening, <laughs> this is from the South China Morning Post. It says, Two flight attendants for a Chinese airline were fined and ordered to leave the United States within 72 hours on Monday for attempting to smuggle dozens of spotted and box turtles in carry on bags from Los Angeles no. to, ch- to China. So Chu and Gao were arrested at LAX on May 12th after a special agent found a total of 31 live spotted turtles and 14 live box turtles in both attendants' luggage, according to an affidavit filed in the case. The two attendants were flagged for inspection after a TSA agent detected unusual round objects in their bags while conducting an x-ray luggage check, the document shows. Oh my,
1: they must have been moving around, oh my goodness.
0: So this article also is related to an article about a man who was trying to smuggle his pet turtle onto a plane by hiding it in a KFC hamburger. <laughs> also an article from the south china morning post a man tried to smuggle his pet turtle through security in guangzhou baiyun airport by hiding it in his kfc hamburger there'll be a link to this in the show notes I re-
1: there is a picture isn't there
0: well there's a computer graphic picture of a turtle as a hamburger i there's not an actual picture but yeah i guess he was He was, uh, his Uh. arms and legs were sticking out from the bun. Um, (laughs) these articles are definitely both worth a read. So you might be wondering to yourself, what's with China and their turtles? Traditional Chinese medicine ascribes great power to the turtle to purify the blood, to cure diseases, and to bestow longevity or, of course, virility, which is what a lot of Chinese traditional medicine claims to do. So, the Chinese three striped box turtle, a purported cancer cure, can fetch up to $1,200 on the black market. That's one pricey turtle. <sighs> so, the turtles that those two flight attendants were smuggling could have been worth more than 40 grand in Asia. And you know they'd probably make a tidy sum on that. And I found a little fact that um, this is according to independent.co.uk. 20 million turtles are consumed in China each year. Mm. They eat it like we eat turkey on (sighs) Thanksgiving, to all you Americans out there.
1: Well, I don't know if you ate it in the US back in the day, but mock turtle soup was a big thing. When we realized, let's not eat the turtles anymore, but we were still eating something called mock turtle soup. Okay. So I mean, not this isn't recently. <laughs> so we were we were eating them once upon a time too. We probably were too, but it's definitely not a thing now. In fact, oh, most no, no, reptiles no, no. are I not consumed. Eating.
0: The other day, I saw in the supermarket. So there's like a really upscale little boutique grocery store near my apartment. And it's all fancy and stuff. And I was looking at the seafood in the freezer and they have like big snow crabs and lobsters. And then I saw this frozen alligator meat popsicle mm. <laughs> this Yummy. product. And it was like taste of the sea with the savoriness of the land or something like that. I'm trying to describe
1: the meat. From an alligator. Mm. (laughs) They
0: eat a lot of reptiles.
1: I'm not, like, totally into this eating reptile thing. I do find this using animals in general for Chinese uh, medicine is a little distasteful. Like, not just a little. I just... I I can't... I really don't like it at all.
0: Well, because you see... People walking around, this doesn't happen as much anymore, but you still see it. I saw one, I think two weeks ago, a man who had, they screw like a, a hook, like a metal hook into the turtle's shell, and then they have like a wooden stick and a string, and they carry the turtle around. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a live turtle, and
1: then they're just like screwed into this... Stick. Thing. I haven't seen one for a while, but actually, for a while, I was seeing some guy around our office with one.
0: Yeah, I think I saw, I think the one that I saw was also around our yeah. office here. It was on the way to work, and there he was with his turtle just suspended in the air because yeah. it'll like hold the stick over their shoulder, and then the turtle will be on the Dang string. It.
1: Yeah, dangling. And from these its are job. not little ones. These are huge things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, c- I mean, I have no idea how much it weighs, but it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And at my local grocery store, the one across the street from the boutique
0: one, which is also like a nicer grocery store, they sell snakes, frogs, turtles. They're all live. Mm-hmm. You can get them to eat. Mm. So, what's in the news?
1: Let's move on. (laughs) Something equally as distasteful. Uh, So this is actually a little bit of an old news article, but I'd saved it some time ago and I was like, I'm just going to pull this one out. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have something to say about it. So the headline is, Peeping Tom installed secret cameras to film couples in love hotels and sell footage online. Oh
0: dear. Oh yeah.
1: So a guy has been arrested in southwest China on suspicion of installing webcams in hotels to film couples and then sell the footage online. Police started to look for this peeping Tom after a newlywed couple who checked into a love hotel in Sichuan. Uh, spotted one of the cameras. This couple were traveling to Chengdu after they had been uh, shooting their wedding photos and they decided to spend the night. When they got into bed, they looked up and saw a hole in the ceiling and they decided to examine the hole and they found a camera that was pointing directly at the bed. So the two of them called the police who arrived and took the camera. They said there was no memory card, so they concluded that it was a real-time webcam that sent footage to another platform. Mm. The couple decided they were going to uh, sleep in their car. <laughs> surprise, surprise. But they actually decided, the police decided that they would continue the investigation and they found several other webcams in another room on the same floor. And uh, they actually discovered the guy. They realised that some guy had checked in and there was something suspicious about him. Like he checked in into so- several rooms in a short period of time or something. And the police actually raided this guy's flat and found two hard drives totaling three terabytes of memory <sighs> containing these it's basically they're basically sex tapes that he would recorded and um so this is what the guy told the police he said that he came up with the idea because he was broke and wanted to earn some quick money by selling the footage so he had originally installed cameras in a hotel near his hometown but the people who checked into the hotels were not ideal he said <laughs> Oh. So following... This is this just gets worse. Following suggestions from his customers, he decided to install cameras in more expensive hotels. And he was actually using mobile apps to locate love hotels, popular among young couples. He would connect... This is, I'm saying it's clever, but it's obviously creepy. He would connect the cameras to the power strip in the ceiling. And so... They would automatically be turned on when the customers put in their, you know, the room key into the, you know, the light section. Where, you know, there's that bit that turns the lights on, you need to put your room key in, don't you? So that would start up the cameras and the footage was going directly to his phone and then it would be uploaded to his computer. It's alleged that he had basically created a group on QQ, which is uh, a Chinese social media platform. And he was selling the footage. It was subscription based. (laughs) Uh, fees oh, this is very sophisticated. Yeah, exactly. He'd really thought about it. Fees started at four hundred UN per month, which is around sixty US dollars, and then he'd actually it was going so well that he was he had raised the price to two thousand. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and he had around 10 members and was making around 15,000 UN per month which is a decent That's amount a of decent money. he has been a creep, definitely.
0: <laughs> Ooh, so he okay, originally I thought it was the owner of the hotel who had done that, but no.
1: how did Some they know, random guy So did he like drill a hole to do? There this? was a picture in, it, you know how like there were tiles on the ceilings, it was like part of the tile had been removed. Ah. So that the, but it was it was quite obvious. Like there was a picture on the in this article, and it was kind of obvious. So I'm surprised that the hotel staff had not twigged, or perhaps they had seen it but just not. Or perhaps they were in on in it all It could have along. been. Yeah, that's also. Well, the hotel did say they knew noth- nothing about it. Well, so. they would. Well, they, say they would that. of course. the would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Enough of my false accusations. Wow, that is crazy yeah. and creepy. Yeah. yeah, it did actually after reading this article, I would. This is going to sound gross, but I would often get this me- mega paranoia in some bathrooms <laughs> thinking that there was going to be like a camera watching me. That would be super weird. Okay, wh- no, I'm not saying okay, but people watching sex tapes understandable. people watching foreigners pee is not. That's, That's just me. <laughs> That's something en- else entirely. <laughs> Everybody's got a thing. Who yeah.
0: knows? Yeah. Who knows? That is creepy though. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: So shall we move on to today's topic? Yes, let's go. Okay, so let's listen to our question this week that comes from Lisa, and she is from somewhere close to my neck of the woods, so it's nice to hear a familiar voice, or a familiar accent, anyway. <laughs> uh, so take it away, Lisa. Hi, Holly and Nora. My name's Lisa, and I'm calling from Leeds in uh, the north of England. I'm thinking of coming to China to teach English, and I was wondering how you went about sending money home to, in my case, the UK. Um, also, how um, on arrival in China, I would go about opening a bank account. Um, Nora, I think you've previously mentioned that you have one in Hong Kong. Um, so I wondered what the differences or considerations were. Um, and also um, tax in on any earnings. How does that work? Um, Thanks very much. Love the show. Bye.
0: Thanks, Lisa. This is a great question. I'm sure a Mm -hmm. lot of listeners out there have similar concerns and questions. First of all, I applaud you for considering coming to China. I think that's really cool. Yay! I hope our podcast has been useful to you in gathering information for your upcoming trip. And hopefully this episode will help you as well.
1: Yeah, so essentially we've got, I guess we can break this down to three chunks. So should we start with the sending money part? I've done this myself on numerous occasions and it's not the easiest thing to do. Although I'm assuming that it's there there are certainly easier methods now uh, than when I... Was first sending money home. I used to use Western Union mainly because it was the only service I knew of, um, and also because there are Western uni- unions in lots of banks. Here in the city, so it was quite convenient for me to just go a little ways to to just transfer the money. But there are a couple of things about Western Union that you, you need to be prepared for, which is if no one speaks any English, it might be a little bit of a challenge. I was lucky enough to eventually find a bank that, where the girl she knew me, so the process was very simple. But you need passport and you need to know. Um, certain pieces of information about where the money is going. But the good thing is that it gets to another location immediately. With Western Union, there's like a small fee. So, for example, if you send 2,000 US dollars, that's another thing. By the way, you cannot send RMB or British pounds. (laughs) It's always got to be in US dollars, which really... Just is is really frustrating. So you obviously need to get that converted somewhere else.
0: Um, I just want to interrupt really quick, if I can, mm-hmm. and just mention that some exchange offices and banks won't allow foreigners to sell B. right? So just be aware. Some of them do. Um, I'm not, I can't give you a list right now. And actually, mm-hmm. even if I did, it might change by the time <laughs> you're over here. So it's kind of useless, but just be aware and ask other foreigners, or you can also ask a Chinese person for help. Cause a Chinese person can very easily exchange up to, I think it's something like 50,000 us dollars yeah, a I year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So they can help you do that.
1: So long as they're not planning some huge shopping spree, this year, <laughs> yeah. And actually, on the on Chinese friends, actually, they have the ability to send money abroad using Alipay, which is something that foreigners can't do because you need a Chinese ID card. Uh, well, or if you're a foreigner with a or not a foreigner anymore, I suppose, like a, with a green card. For, is it a green card or a yellow card? Do they call it for people who've been given like permanent residence? Oh, the very rare and yeah, the very, green card. Yeah, it, it is a green one. right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Very very few people have it though, yeah. and these people are pretty much all millionaires who have invested millions of dollars and have in the been country here for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, like twenty years. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, so you can if you've got a Chinese friend and they're they're willing to help you out, they can also uh, send money. But I I don't know anything. I don't know like anything about that. I've never done that personally, mm-hmm. but I know you can.
0: Yeah, the government just wants to keep the money Mm -hmm. in China, doesn't want it so easily flowing out. So it's not a fully convertible, I think it's called a fully convertible currency. I don't know that much about banking, obviously, but it's not like Hong Kong, where Hong Kong dollars you can freely exchange anywhere. Right, but in China, it has some there's certain regulations for how you sell your
1: renminbi. Mm-hmm. i I also looked online um to see if there were any other services and actually since uh I was having to send money home uh with western union there are there are new services where you can do it online so you I guess you connect cards up with accounts and so you can send money using your like union pay card or something there was a service called. High FX, which I haven't used, so you would, if you were considering using that, you'd need to check it out and maybe see, do some research, see if there are any reviews out there about the service.
0: For those of you who aren't sending money back home on a regular basis, you can just carry over. What I mm-hmm. used to do was just. At the end of the year, because I would always go home once a year, so I'd basically just make a large deposit once a year, I and like, yeah, try to calculate about how much money I would need for the year. So you can just carry that money. I think you can carry up to it's ten or fifteen thousand U.S. dollars worth of cash
1: across the border, which would be about seven thousand pounds. Between seven seven and ten thousand pounds, maybe. I recommend you take a look
0: at what the regulation is before you do it. Just you know, because we're not, as a disclaimer, you know, we're not trying to (laughs) to offer concrete financial advice. This is just our experiences. But yeah, what I've done is just like carry a couple thousand across the border, and then um, you don't have to declare it or anything with customs if it's less than ten thousand or fifteen thousand, something like that. And then I just. Physically brought it to the bank. Yeah. This is after, yeah, yeah this is after, of course, I've. Of course, you want to um, exchange the money while you're here rather than waiting till you're back in your home country because the rate is going to be much better here or in Hong Kong versus back home. But yeah. Um, yeah, just take the cash. But if you need to send money on a regular basis, if you have monthly loan payments or mortgages, then of course
1: you need to figure out a better solution for doing this. Uh, the other way you can do it, and again, this is not something that I've tried, and this doesn't sound as, this may be like more convenient, but this doesn't sound as good because it seems as though you pay a lot of very high fees through PayPal. You can create a PayPal that you can connect a union pay card to and then transfer money. Oh, if it's international the, transfer, the,
0: the fees are really high. the high.
1: The fee. I tried it. Someone suggested it to me. In fact, I think it was. Do you remember Chris who came on the show? He he told me that he'd done it, and then I tried out. And I, and I don't know if I did it wrong, but it was like fifty percent. I don't know. Oh, was it that? Yeah, high? I tried with like a dollar or something, like a like a pound. Oh, basically. Oh, oh, If it's and that low, it was like, might what? be the fee. Might be that know. high. Yeah, maybe it. It was very. It was. I'm not thinking the it's more around like get.
0: ten and fifteen percent.
1: Yeah, I found. Uh, f- well, this said, it depends on um, the method you use. It says point five percent to two percent, or if you use it, if you for payments made with credit or debit cards, the fees run from two point nine to seven point four percent. But again, this this might all change. Oh, I, I forgot to mention earlier on. At the time of us recording this episode, the pound is good. So if you're in China and you want British pounds, it's a good time to exchange. <laughs> So I've been told. I know nothing about that. <laughs>
0: yeah, some people just play the current. I mean, that's a big business in Hong Kong, especially these currency exchange mm-hmm. offices, buy and sell, just like the cryptocurrency.
1: Same thing. This isn't something that I've. It's that's on my list because it's also to do with the second question about opening the bank account thing. So long story short, my in-laws are coming here to live. And in order to for my father-in-law to access his his pension and his like to sort out his bills, he's somehow like created an account and this is hsbc specific as far as I know, so he's opened a, an hsbc account in the u s and also opened one here in Shenzhen, and then they've been able to like connect the accounts what? in Aww. for in order for him to like transfer money. Because, okay, so
0: I also tried doing that before. I don't know if regulation has changed, but I... Mm. So I opened... Uh, I, have, I had a couple of accounts in Hong Kong, and one of them used to be a Citibank account, right. which is an American bank. And I went to Citibank in the U.S. Right. And I don't really... I'm, like, out of my depths here with all but this from banking stuff. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I asked them in the U.S. if I open a, an account in hong kong will we be able to, ex- yeah. to change money back and forth yeah. and in the u.s they told me yes you can
1: yeah this is the yeah maybe this is a similar thing that happened yeah
0: but then when i tried doing it you can't do it i mean you can do it in the same way that you could do it to any other bank there's no actual connection like there was no benefit for me having a citibank account in hong kong right. and a citibank account in the U.S., it made no difference Mm -hmm. because it's still considered an international wire transfer. So the fees are exactly the same. So it doesn't really matter that the receiving bank has the same name Mm -hmm. as the sending bank. They're totally... They they operate as completely separate entities. Yeah.
1: Well, this hasn't... I don't know if he's tried this out yet. So far, they have two accounts and... They've created both accounts. I'm not sure how far it's gone. I'm pretty because, positive yeah, they're not going to be
0: able to seamlessly I, I, transfer I, I, I'm money. not
1: sure about it either. And I, I definitely had my concerns because, yeah, I've also looked into this with, with various banks back home. But I, I've never tried transferring money from my bank account here back home. They even told me, yeah, no problem. Because my
0: idea mm-hmm. was, um, and originally, I wanted to have a credit card here. Because I, I was basically using my credit card from the U.S. to make purchases here. Like, plane yeah, tickets. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this kind of thing. Large purchases. And so I would always have to budget. As I said, I would go over to the U.S. once a year. Mm-hmm. And then I would just, like put a chunk of money in the account but sometimes I would go over that amount or you know something would come up and it just wasn't as easy for me to predict for an entire year how much money that I would need and so eventually I decided that I want to get access to a credit card but I want to be able to pay off the credit card from here so that's why originally I opened an account in Hong Kong was that I thought that if I get a credit card with Citibank Mm. I could use the bank account in hong kong to send the money over but it doesn't work that way it's completely they're completely separate it didn't work Mm -hmm. um so i just ended up getting a hong kong account at a different bank a non-american bank at a hong kong bank Mm -hmm. and then applying for a credit card there and i had already been with the bank for over a year or maybe even two years before I had applied for the credit card. I don't know exactly what the rules are, how long it takes to do that. But uh, in China, getting a credit card is really, really difficult. So doing this in China is not really an option Mm -hmm. for most foreigners. Yeah, because first you have to have a a very large amount of money in the account. China is very wary of debt they're really smart about this they if you want to buy a house here like in the US you have all these commercials where it's like no money down and like mm. you know they have all of the these like enticing commercials to purchase things that are actually beyond your budget <laughs> but in China they they try to limit this kind of spending so for example buying a house in China you need 30% of the cost as a down payment you can't just do like $10,000 down for a $100,000 house. You need the 30,000. So you need a 30%. So my point is that getting a credit card in China to purchase for example plane tickets and other online purchases, it's not that easy. No. Yeah. So that's why I went and got one in Hong Kong, but it was a long process. So I think it really depends on what your plans are.
1: Yeah, and I, so I I also have a bank account in Hong Kong. But I haven't got a credit card because I have tried to apply and I don't know if it's the because of the bank I'm with. Then they never seem to like I don't know what happened with the process, whatever, whether there was something that went wrong. But I can very easily send money back home and it's not the same bank, but it's super easy and the fees really low.
0: Oh, so you do like a wire transfer yeah. from your Hong Kong bank yeah. to, and then do you send? Do you exchange the money into British pounds? yourself and send it or do you send it It as Hong Kong dollars and you get the bank exchange it does
1: itself I know very little about the exchange rate and but it always seems very good to me like Mm. from what I've you know I do you know I check before I send it but it always seems very good and the fees really like as I said it's it's like very low
0: having an account in Hong Kong definitely does make you a bit more free to do things like this but just keep in mind that First of all, we live in Shenzhen. (laughs) We're just like right across the border from Hong Kong. So for us to go to the bank, we can go to the bank in Hong Kong in an afternoon. If you live in Beijing or Shanghai or somewhere else in China, it may not be worth it for you to have to manage all all of your finances in Hong Kong if you're somewhere else in China. Um. Also,
1: it's not that easy to open an account no, in Hong Kong. No, it isn't. Um, that's yeah, a good point to move on to, I think.
0: Yeah, it used to be much easier. It used to be like, yay, business bank accounts for mm-hmm. everybody. But now they're really strict about who gets accounts. And actually, I closed one of my accounts in Hong Kong because they were going to charge me money... Just to keep my money in the bank yeah, right. because I'm an American. Because now all of the Hong Kong banks. <laughs> Americans. I know. <laughs> it's So discriminating, like, <laughs> such discrimination. Um, because uh, Hong Kong banks have to, there's some treaties with the US and they have to abide by this, like, FATCA rules and regulations. Basically, it means that at any time the US can be like, give me the bank records to all your American citizens, and they have to comply. So it causes them a lot of headaches. And so for a lot of banks, they're like, okay, for American citizens, screw it. We'll just charge them extra money because it it takes up our resources to have their money in here. Or they'll have a really high, like you have to keep a certain amount of money in the bank at all times to make it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not it's not that easy. So I think unless you have like this long term plan of staying in or around Hong Kong. So like in this PRD, as we call it, the Pearl River Delta, which includes like all this like mega city of Guangzhou, um, Shenzhen and Hong Kong and other cities as well, like this area in this part of Guangdong. It may not be worth it for you to I mean, if you're just coming to teach for a year, don't worry Mm. about
1: that. That's what I would say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if that that's the case, you can use all these other sending money home services. When when I opened my bank account, that was about four years ago, it wasn't easy for me either. I'd been told like, oh, you're British, it'll just be easy, just go there, like it'll be really easy for you to open an account. But I had to go to maybe four or five different. Not just different banks, but also different branches of the same bank <laughs> in order oh, to get the like in order to get the yeah they they wanted like they wanted you know why do you want why do you want a Hong Kong bank account like you don't have an address in Hong Kong. Um, and I had to like spin them the spiel, which is lucky because our company is a Hong Kong company, but I think it would be kind of difficult if the, you had no connections to Hong Kong and you're just like, I just want a Hong Kong bank account. It doesn't matter your, na- your nationality now. It's, it's far more difficult.
0: Yeah. I think most banks are, oh, you want to open it with a passport? No. no. They want that Hong, Hong Kong, Kong ID. Yeah. Or at least an employment contract That's a, that, or something. That, yeah.
1: I mean, you could try. Um, I certainly wouldn't say don't even waste your energy like I think that you there may be a maybe a chance but just prepare yourself with as much information as you can as well mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if this is with all banks but I needed 10,000 Hong Kong dollars as a deposit and it has to stay in there all the time I don't know if that's a standard or just with the uh, with HSBC.
0: I think that if you go below that amount of ten thousand Hong Kong dollars, that you get a monthly fee. Right, right.
1: So it's See, like an overdraft, essentially. I suppose. Yeah, basically. Yeah,
0: with well, ten thousand Hong Kong dollars is like thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars. Something yeah, it's like about that. a thousand pound. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So when I had when I opened my account, I only needed a proof of address, two forms of ID. And then the 10,000 Hong Kong dollars. Yeah. That's the other thing is a proof of address is also not that easy. It needs to be an official document. So if you're just coming
1: over, I guess you could try using your address back home. That's what I think I did. Mm. Um, but it was really strange because I needed the proof of address has to be an original copy.
0: Right. So and it has to be
1: within three months. Right. That's yeah. A, yeah yeah so luckily my bank back home you can print out the actual letter that the bank would send you so it looked legit so you i just folded it fl- up I and... folded it in three words <laughs> yeah as if it had come from the bank <laughs> exactly exactly oh man great <laughs> yep probably didn't need to go that far but anyway <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you're planning to come over and you know you want to open a bank account in Hong Kong, you better just grab a couple old bills yeah, right. uh, and
1: bring them with you just in case. Should we talk briefly about opening a bank account here in China? Sure. I, I tried to find out some new information. Maybe you you know this but in the past you could just go to a bank and it was very easy to open an account or oh, i say i say easy like you know it's going to be a couple of hours of your life but Oh, it took
0: me five minutes when I went to China Merchants. Look well, at you!
1: I don't, I don't know how long mine took.
0: <laughs> it was literally like but oh, I, and they printed the card right there. And I was yeah, like, well, that's that was that's fast. really nice that you out get the less card.
1: But it can take a long time if yeah. there's no one really there who who knows what they're doing. But now I, I have a feeling you may need a work visa. I think you do. Right. Okay. So that's the B mm-hmm. in order to get a bank account. You probably need a work visa. Pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Nowhere is it
0: going to be explicitly written what you need, because that's just the way of China.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So don't go looking for a checklist of the things that you need. Yeah, or don't go in and ask, because you'll go in and they'll say, you need this, this, and this, and then you'll go in again, they'll say, oh, where's this part? And you'll be like, no one told me I need that. Yeah. (laughs)
0: To just go in and say, I want to open a bank account and just be really forceful. That's what I would do. No, I want to open it. No, I don't have that stuff. I just want to open it. Just keep repeating you want to open an account. So you didn't
1: take anything with you? I have my passport. passport. Yeah. So you didn't need an address? Because no. as I recall, I needed my housing contract. Oh, I didn't need anything. I yeah. just
0: walked in, gave him my passport, gave him, I think, five RMBs. Because I think you need you also need a minimal amount of money in yeah, a Chinese true. bank, but it's really <laughs> it's really, really low, man. like a dollar. I think, or maybe fifty. Maybe it's fifty, which is like eight dollars. But you need a very minimal amount of money. If you to can't manage WeChat. that,
1: you shouldn't even be bothering with an account. Yeah, that's but true. in these these days, <laughs> having a bank account, if you want to be able to use WeChat Wallet, which everyone uses, which you base, I mean, you can use cash, but I I don't think I've seen. Oh no, the first time I saw 100 RMB was last week when you gave me one. And I, I think before that, it was like months since I'd seen actual real cash. Because everything is, you you use WeChat wallets. So you the first thing you should do really is get a bank account, even if you stay in short term, mm. I think.
0: Yeah, if you can do that, then connecting your WeChat to the bank account will be so much better. You can order food really easily. You can even get train tickets, plane tickets. Pay for your bus. (laughs) Yeah, pay for your bus with a QR code. Like Everything's just much easier.
1: You can get away with just using cash. Oh, yeah, of course. It's not like people are going to say, cash, what's that? But uh, it's just way more convenient. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think if you're teaching English, um, let's say you have a full-time job and then you find some extra work, A lot of times the parents would like to pay you with WeChat, too. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of bringing cash every time. It'll just make it more convenient for everybody, and it's easier to keep a record of Mm -hmm. things. So, highly recommended. Should we talk about
1: taxes? Ooh. (laughs) Well, if we have to.
0: (laughs) Yay! Yeah. So, I'm not sure how it is in the UK, but for US citizens, it really sucks. Um, We have to pay taxes even if we're abroad so we get double taxed so we pay taxes on our income here in china this is something that is usually usually handled by your employer make sure when they quote you a salary to figure out whether or not that includes your taxes and whether or not it includes your social insurance card which is also a requirement for employers who are doing everything legitimately to provide you. That's a card that you can use um, when you're going to the hospital or to the pharmacy. You get a discount or actually a lot of things are even free.
1: Yeah, I think, isn't there a, some sort of threshold
0: for tax? I believe. There is. Under a certain amount, there, like any country, under a certain yeah. amount, um, you don't get tax. But I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what that is. It used to be 4,000 yeah. RMB, which is pretty low. You can't live off 4,000 here in a city like Shenzhen. But I'm not sure if that's true anymore, so just talk to your employers. They're the ones who should be handling that. But yeah, you should be paying taxes in China, and Americans also need to pay taxes back home. But I will say that there's a little, it's not a loophole, but it's something that they won't tell you. It's not easy information to find, and it's a trick that I learned after years of being here. It's something called the physical presence test. And we will put a link to this information, which is directly from the IRS website on the show notes at writtenchinese.com episode 129. So what the physical presence test is for Americans is you are exempt from paying taxes earned abroad up to a certain amount of money. Now this changes every year due to inflation. So it gets higher every year. I believe this year it's one hundred and eight thousand US dollars. So if you make less than a hundred and eight grand in the year and you are outside of the country for a full three hundred and thirty days in a twelve month period, then you are exempt from paying taxes on that income. So that's something that I found and was really happy to find because I was just like basically trying to figure out how I was going to file and you know they don't have w-2s like you do back home um so I was just trying to figure out how to report my earnings but I just wrote in how much I earned and then I filed it that way and I don't have to pay anything in so again please double check with your financial advisor accountant whatever we are not in the industry but that's me that's what I do and that's um you can check out
1: the details of the physical presence test on the link provided in the show notes. Uh, was Brits do not need to pay tax on our earnings. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah it's, it is rather nice. I think it's only the U.S. Mm-hmm. where you have to
0: pay. I think I'm pretty sure every other country is like, you're not living here. You're not earning our currency. No. Therefore, why should you pay taxes? To me, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've heard of a lot of people renouncing their U.S. citizenship in order to avoid double taxation. People, um... Seems so like, extreme, huh? Well, I mean, some of these people are not American by birth. Like, maybe mm. they got a, an American passport. Like, in China, there are a lot of people who got an American passport later, and then... Regretted it. <laughs> Regretted <laughs> it. Double taxed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because they're serious about it. So, I can understand why. I can definitely understand why. Especially if you're not spending a significant amount of time in the states and now that for china at least getting an american travel visa is not difficult so
1: it makes sense before we finish do you have any other remarks about banks or sending money or taxes and whatnot
0: i'd say don't worry too much about all this banking stuff if you're only planning to be here for a year or shorter than that that'll give you time to figure out whether china is for you like if you're just considering coming here and you've never been here before don't get tied up with all this banking stuff you'll be able to sort it out once you get here
1: yeah that's it we there are so many of us who are here and we planned on coming for like six months or yeah and we didn't bring any of that like really maybe some important stuff And we still, we manage, you know, you you can sort things out. It's not the end of the world. Definitely. If you have any
0: other questions, please either send us a voicemail at writtenchinese.com slash voicemail, or you can drop them in the show notes if they're related specifically to this topic. Just keep in mind that we can't give you super specific information because we're not... Experts and also this information is constantly changing. Yeah. So I applied for my bank account
1: in Hong Kong eight years ago. Right. And yeah. And my mine was four. So it's right. Even from your, you, you it changed.
0: Right. So
1: so don't just
0: take everything that we we're saying in this episode with a grain of salt. Hopefully it's helpful enough to give you a, at least a brief overview of banks. And Lisa, I hope you do plan to come to China and I mm-hmm. wish you luck. Thank you for sending in a voicemail. And any of you out there who haven't sent us a voicemail yet and have questions about any aspect of life in China, please do so. Again, it's writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Do you want a Chinese word real quick? Nah. <laughs> you don't want to learn Get got today. me on
1: taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please.
0: <laughs> okay, so the Chinese word for bank is ying And this word is interesting for a couple of reasons. Um, ying means silver. And hang is used often in words related to business. So it's like the silver business. We're in the silver business. Ying hang. Hang is also, it has a double pronunciation. And I looked into the etymology. I thought, oh, maybe this word comes from two different traditional Chinese words. And they like smashed it together. This often happens. You'll see like a Chinese word that has two different pronunciations. And sometimes it comes from two different traditional characters and they've just like smashed it and simplified it into one so it's got like two totally different meanings even though they're using the same character which is quite confusing but actually this hang um it's not it's also pronounced like xing and it means to walk Mm -hmm. and also it's very common in china it means like okay so if you say like if you ask a chinese person like is that okay they'll often say xing xing like they usually repeat it xing so it's the same exact character as hang in Ying
1: hang. So it's very important and very common character to use. Great. So I will link to the word for bank in our dictionary. And the links that we've mentioned in this episode will be at writtenchinese.com episode 129. Um, and I will also include some resources. So I... Obviously, including my own experiences, I got some extra information that was more relative. So actually, I found a couple of articles that are quite recent. So I'll include the links as well. Thanks for listening. Bye.